Welcome everyone to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. My friend Krista Saltmanis is the embodiment of how you feel when you wake up after a good night's sleep. Invigorated, inspired, and excited to take on the day. Her energy is contagious and bubbly, and she has the incredible talent of making you laugh and think really hard at the same time. Not an easy feat. Her blonde hair and soothing voice is what truly drew me into her an incredible 14 years ago. Yes. When I was just a youngster, anxious freshman in university. She had such a calming yet infectious nature. We met in front of the McGill University Library, where she just smiled and said to me, let's go for coffee sometime soon, okay? That was the friendly energy I needed in that moment. Krista always loved love, and she still is a romantic. She's funneled this passion into her venture, Where to Kiss, where she is the notable love doctor, if you will. She creates dating profiles for her clients and coaches them through proper dating etiquette. And I, for one, am anxiously waiting to find out more. Krista, my friend, welcome to my show, The Anxious Millennial Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you today. So just full disclosure, listeners, this is the first friend I interview and I could not be more pumped. Krista and I go way back and she was always a calming presence in my in my oh, life. Thank Seriously. You. <laughs> I, I think I could say the exact same thing for you. So we work well together. <laughs> so I've been very excited to do this interview. Um, and of course, as I always start off and I say, simplicity is queen. What is your word for 2020 and why? Uh, I think I have two words <laughs> for 2020. The first one being unprecedented, because I don't ever want to hear that word ever again after 2020. Uh, we heard it so much at the beginning of you know the lockdown of the pandemic. and But I really think that it it goes well for, for everybody. Like everybody spends their lives planning, planning things out, making the next step. Um, whether it's for a business plan and you're an entrepreneur or for your career, for school, whatever. And it was all taken away from us. The second word that I have is tenacity because we had to have so much tenacity to rebuild our, you know, our business plans as entrepreneurs. Um, look at, work in a different way, look at life in a different way. And it wasn't an easy feat. And I think that ties in pretty well to how everybody was feeling. Um, you know, that anxiety when everything shut down. Um, and yeah, just, I think we saw a lot of tenacity come out of people during this unprecedented time. (laughs) They tie in so perfectly well together. I don't know if you feel this way, but it's, it's as if we've tapped into resources and this sort of I don't know, this ability to bounce back that I don't think a lot of us probably knew that we have, right? We're, no, exactly. We're so resilient. <laughs> we are so resilient, but it it forced us to look at, you know, everything in a different way, not only like working from home, but as I mentioned, our business plans, like I had to revamp my entire business plan, I guess, like for lack of a better word, how am I going to get clients? How am I going to deal with clients? I had to get blue light glasses for the first time because <laughs> we're online, right? So we had this whole other way of doing things that I don't think we would have tapped into before. A hundred percent. Actually sidebar, do the, do the blue lenses work? I have no idea. I'm really blind. So I wear glasses anyway, but I mean, maybe it helps a little bit. Maybe it's just because I'm wearing them. 
So I've been <laughs> not sure. on, no, I, but I've been seeing them online and I'm like, I, my eyes burn at the end of the day. So I'm like something, yeah. right. I've, I need just that, the help for the, the light and the, the, the reflection of the screens. I've heard good things. Yeah. I mean, I look at a screen all day, so I mean, I'm super exhausted, but I think it's doing something. <laughs> okay, noted. I might just order that on Amazon later. Just saying. You should. I think so. <laughs> um, speaking of business plan, as we said, I, we go back to university days laced with late nights and caffeine. And <laughs> a lot of caffeine. So much caffeine. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very ridiculous. Crazy. Days spent at like second cup, you know, just being optimistic we were audaciously so and i would still like to believe that we are so especially in the realm of love krista walk me through what made you want to start your venture where to kiss i always wanted to do something that was kind of a side hustle that tied into my passions um as you mentioned before i am somebody who loves love and i love the idea of having a wonderful romance um but when my relationship ended after 10 years i was lost. I didn't know how to date. Um, you know, there's no how to guides out there. And I was going on dates with people who, you know, obviously were in the exact same position as I was, <laughs> had no idea, um, have never done it before. And so when I started Where to Kiss, um, as you mentioned, it's a play on my, on my name. I really wanted to create something where it was, it's kind of a how-to guide for dating. Um, I wanted people to not feel how I felt. I wanted people to enter dating successfully because you never know what stage of life you're going to be when you find yourself dating again. You know, a lot of my, a lot of my clients are divorced or out of serious long-term relationships or just have never been in, in something, you know, serious or monogamous before. And so I want to explore that and give them the opportunity to be their best self. My tagline is date confidently. And I think that that's, that really embodies what everything Where to Kiss is about. Do you get anyone who comes to you feeling really vulnerable and who is stressed out about perhaps starting all over again? Absolutely. Everybody kind of wants to start over, but they don't really know how. They're embarrassed to put their Tinder profiles up because you know, that wasn't something that was around 10 years ago when maybe they started their, their last relationship. And I think a lot of dating apps get a negative reputation, but what for, you know, if you know what you're looking for, if you're open and honest with yourself and with, with other people that you're meeting, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about by dating online. And, you know, I I don't want, like I mentioned, I don't want people feeling anxious or embarrassed about starting over again, dating and trying these dating apps <laughs> because it, yeah, as I mentioned, it, it does have a negative reputation sometimes for people in certain cohorts. I, I, I don't understand why it's like, I, I feel like that's how people are meeting these days. Like there's nothing, <laughs> but I mean like Tinder, for example, started as a hookup app, right. And, and people don't want to, whether do, they're doing it or not, people don't want to be seen as somebody who's just out there having casual sex or, you know, hookup. Obviously since t- Tinder, there's Bumble, there's Hinge, there's all these other dating apps out there that are kind of, I don't want to say more legit because I, I truly do believe that Tinder is one of the better apps out there. What I do gather is that there's an app for each type of dating persona. But again, going back to what I was saying, I don't see why online dating develops such a bad reputation. The only possible conclusion that I can draw is that Number one, it probably makes people feel really vulnerable and really exposed where it's like, hey, everyone, 
look at me, I'm actively looking. And second of all, I think there's this want to meet somebody organically. I think there's, there's definitely that too, but I don't want to say like organically, but I would say like in the wild, because I truly do believe that even if you're meeting somebody online, you still have to have that organic connection to somebody. Um, you can't fake that. You can't fake chemistry in my opinion. So I like no matter where you meet, I still believe it is quite organic, but yeah, like nobody's meeting in the wild anymore. We're tied to our, our jobs. Um, if not nine to five, you know, (laughs) beyond that too, everybody has a side hustle going on. Everybody, especially if you're older as well, you have children, you might have to look after, after, you know, after work hours, nobody's meeting organically anymore. Nobody goes to a bar anymore and meet somebody, especially not now during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So what better time is there to date online than now? (laughs) <laughs> love it in the wild it really mm. is the wild, it's the wild. <laughs> perfect descriptor so speaking of which so people come to you as a coach if you yeah. will um so what are the most stressful issues that single people are faced with in your opinion today on the dating scene oh my goodness there's so many it's people come to you with all sorts of, of questions um, from how to create a good profile to how did they dress on their first day? Where do they go on dates? Um, what do they order to look confident? So that's kind of what, how I started Where to Kiss. It's just like, as I mentioned, the how-to guide. What do I wear? Where do I go? Um, and it was based primarily in Ottawa. But there's more anxieties than that. There's more um, challenges to dating than that. It's like when people meet online, you never know exactly what they're looking for. So there's people dating multiple people at a time. Are you just kind of a pawn in their in you know their overall scheme of things? Um, people don't want their time wasted or being taken advantage of. And I think that's a huge fear that a lot of people who are starting over again have is that they don't want to waste their time. But unfortunately, they're like that's the downside of dating apps too, is that there are people who are out there who are, are just looking for a quick hookup or somebody who wants something casual or just a companion after having been married or, you know, in a, in a long-term relationship for a long time. And I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but a lot of people don't know exactly what they're looking for. And so, um, a lot of people come to me and they're like, okay, well, how do I prevent this from happening? Um, how do I, you know, put my best self out there? There's a lot of things that people come to me with. Some people just want to vent about, you know, their dating woes, for example, or like why they're still single at a certain age and they feel like they need to justify it. And, you know, they just need validation. Don't we all? We all need validation. And everything that people are feeling is valid. And that's what I always tell my clients too. That doesn't matter how you're feeling about going into dating. Like it's valid. And yeah, Yeah, that is a huge part of the work. And that's important that you're doing that, that you're validating people. It's true (laughs) because I remember Oprah saying this, I was like a teenager watching her show and I used to love her show, but she always said that human beings just at our root, no matter who we are, gender, race, whatever Mm -hmm. your background, I think what ties us all together is that we all just actually want to be validated. Oh, of course. And, and that's tricky too when dating, right? Like you, you meet somebody that you can connect with while you have chemistry with, but then you're not getting validated because the, the other person doesn't know exactly what they're looking for. Or, you know, you guys are at two different stages of life. Like I always believe too, that in the right person, but wrong time. So how, like one of the things that we, we talk about a lot with my clients is how do you recognize that it is the right time? Or how do you recognize, you know, the red flags that, 
gut tell you, you should get, get out of there. But there's just, there's just so much that kind of embodies dating right now. And you know, we're all just trying to navigate that. <laughs> well, that's where you also come into play because you teach skills. Exactly. And sometimes it's not for lack of, it's not out of being malignant. No. I think people just lack the skills sometimes. Especially when you've, when you've come out of something more long-term, you've kind of become complacent in the way that you behave. And, you know, you've fallen into routine and suddenly go like, oh, I have to try again. Or like, what does trying look like to other people? You know, it's a, it's kind of naming the behaviors as opposed to just going out and behaving, if that makes sense. Absolutely. As, as a dating coach, besides validation, how else would you say you provide the moral support that your clients need? Obviously, the validation is such a huge part of it. Um, but just knowing, like letting them know that what they're doing is amazing, feeding them those positive vibes, those positive affirmations that they may not get from their group of friends, um, you know, the support that they need. And I always tell them like, okay, we're, if, if I have a consult with a client, you know, I'm now your coach until you find somebody. So if you have a question, if you need somebody to help pick a first date outfit for you, I'm here to help you send those pictures away, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that I think I help clients and it's about, um, you know, their body language. It's not even about necessarily their affirmations, but when I meet them in person, what's, I point out their body language, what's your body language telling me right now about yourself? Um, are you coming off as confident or overly confident? I always pretend that I, whenever I meet a client, I always pretend that I'm on a first date with them. And then I give them a debrief. I'm like, okay, this is what I noticed. Are you going to go for, you know, on a, on a date like this, or can we make it better? Um, how can we tone it down? So there's just so much that embodies what I do. I think with, with my clients. Wait, you do mock dates. We, we do mock dates. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, I'll go with a, a client and we'll meet, like we'll pretend that we're meeting for coffee. We'll sit down. It'll go through, um, you know, what a typical first date could be like, you know, what do you do for work? And, but I want them to be able to deal with, you know, curveballs that might happen or, um, yeah, just things like that. Like I want them to be able to, be their best selves. So a mock date definitely helps. And I'll debrief with them. Um, I'll talk about what they're wearing, how they acted. Like I mentioned their, their body language. Um, yeah, all sorts of little things. Conversation starters. That's something that I do include as well in my packages is, is like what to talk about on a date. Cause nobody likes that uncomfortable silence. Speaking of curveballs, actually, because you said the term curveball, um, yeah. I think we're all thinking this and I'm personally wondering, but you have the occasional person who is sitting in front of you, like <laughs> thinking, Krista, <laughs> because I mean, truth oh, be told, thanks. I mean, no one can see you right now. Krista's beautiful, both inside and out. And she's very charismatic. So we all want to know, has anybody come on to you yet? I mean, I, you hear that term slide into my DMs all the time. Um, that has happened. I've had people who want to show me places that I should include in my blog um, that you know, then they're like, Oh, I, I actually saw you on Tinder and I, let's go out. Um, or things like that. Of course it happens, but you know, I, I do keep my, my business and my dating life very separate and I try not to portray or, um, I try not to push, you know, my own anxieties of dating onto other people. So, but keeping them separate really helps with that. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping things very diplomatic. Well, thank you for the nice compliment, though. I appreciate it. (laughs) 
I'm just girl. I'm just speaking the truth. So what makes your venture different? Let's say Krista, than that of a matchmaker. Well, we're not a matchmaking service. I don't go and set you up with somebody. Um, it's really about being your best possible self. Like I think everybody is a great person, so they don't need to be better per se, but they just need to bring out their best, their best qualities. So yeah, we're not a matchmaking service at all. Um, it's just really about how can we make you somebody who's ready to date? And we go through the psychological side of it as well. Um, you know, what are your fears? What are your anxieties? What are you looking for? That's a big one. And really getting down to the nitty gritty of what somebody is looking for and um, in somebody else and in themselves when they start dating again. Um, I don't know if matchmaker services really do that. I think most like matchmaker services kind of focus on the compatibility with another person, but we don't, like I mentioned, you never know. Um, there could be compatibility, but it could just be the wrong time. So that's why it is a little bit different than that kind of service because it's really about being able to come in there confidently um, with pride of who you are as a person as well. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, in this heightened tech world, I'm, and by heightened, I mean, there's no, is there a, is there a more um, intense word than heightened? But yeah, I guess heightened would be the best way to go. <laughs> but how would you feel in this type of tech strong environment, Mm -hmm. this dating world, especially in, in 2020, like how do you feel about the dating world now in 2020? It's really different. Um, we're seeing a lot more virtual dates happening. Um, I've had a number of dates or, and clients cancel on me because of, you know, Corona symptoms and having to take it online last minute. Um, how do you, so we're now looking at not only how your body language comes across in, in person, but how does your body language come across on a, on a virtual date as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are not comfortable meeting people in, in the wild or in real life. Um, and so we're taking our, you know, they're taking their dates virtually and doing kind of, you know, at home type things until they feel comfortable enough with a person to, to meet with them in, in, you know, in real life. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that too, you know, just trying to, I, I remember right when, Corona happened. Um, we were talking about online dating on, on CBC, which is kind of fun. Um, and that was one of the questions that they asked as well is like, how do you, how do you keep the spark alive when you're not meeting somebody in real life you're dating virtually? And yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> that has to be so difficult. Cause I look between you and I, when I was single, I remember needing yeah. to gauge chemistry like it was palpable it was either Mm -hmm. there or it was not so I am having a hard time understanding how it happens virtually but I think that if you're open to it as well you can kind of feel that through a video chat as well like as I mentioned some of my dates have canceled um last minute just due to not being comfortable meeting up in real life and so you know you still have to come be your best self when you when you have a video chat with somebody you still I suggest still dressing up and looking your best self as well. And like, you still have to have a conversation with that person. You can still tell if you're, you're attracted to that person, um, on a physical level. I think even if you're not with them in person, I always think that when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you can tell within, I don't know, I would say two or three minutes if you're, if you want that date to continue. And I think the very same thing happens when you're, um, when you're chatting with somebody virtually as well. I did not realize Um, it took only a few minutes. (laughs) I guess 
energy is energy. Exactly. Right? And body language too. Body language is huge. So there's that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Nonverbals are like the biggest, like we're experts at reading it. We all don't actually know we're experts at oh, reading yeah. it. Oh yeah. That's the thing, right? There's so many little cues that you have to take in all the time and we do it so subconsciously, but as soon as we are made aware of it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> do you consider yourself the dating etiquette queen? <laughs> do you say that the you, people come to you for etiquette cues? Yes. I don't know if they necessarily come to me with that in mind, but I do often point that out about, you know, what they're doing and, and, um, what things could be improved on. I notice it more what like since starting Word to Kiss, when I go on my dates now, I think that I I definitely <laughs> notice somebody's etiquette more um than I did before. Just like are they polite? Are they are they thoughtful? Um, you know, just little things like that. Um, but yeah, I actually kind of do think I'm like the dating etiquette queen. <laughs> I feel like when you're you're an expert in the field. It's, it's as if all of a sudden, like you're put on some pedestal and I don't know if, if the people you do go mm-hmm. on a date with know necessarily you're in the field. I'm do very, they always know? Sometimes I'm not really shy about hiding it. Um, because it is such a big part of who I am, right? Like I want people to know that I am an entrepreneur. I take myself seriously for what I do. And you know, if I'm just like, oh, ha ha ha, I run like a dating dating thing on the side. Like if I were to say that on a first date, I don't think people would take me seriously. So if I put it out there, I think that just being really upfront with it, the people who take me seriously, I appreciate that. Some people do think it's a big joke, but those are not people I'm going to go on dates with. Mm-hmm. Those peeps ain't worth your time. <laughs> it's true. But I think that that's with, with anybody, right? Like if somebody's not taking you seriously right from the get-go or they're mocking what you do, um, yeah, th- yes. that's not something that you want to connect with anyway. Oh my God. I cannot yeah. imagine being in front of someone <laughs> who does not respect what I do. Uh, you just got to laugh it off and move on, right? <laughs> Ick. Do you consider yourself an anxious dater or more of a calm, cool, collected gal? Oh, I'm 100% anxious. It is. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is like one of the reasons I wanted to start this. Like I mentioned in the beginning, because I would... I'm somebody who overthinks. Like, I, I don't know a girl who doesn't, truthfully. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. I went on a date last night and that's all I can think about this morning <laughs> is like, how did, am I going to hear from them again? Um, truthfully, like, what are they looking for? Are they dating other people? Um, I was recently seeing somebody who was, I found out was, I know, was I thought was going somewhere and I also found out they were dating for other people. <laughs> so, I mean, in in today's world, I don't think that, you can date and not have a little bit of anxiety in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The double but, and triple crosser. That's where it gets complicated. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Like if you're trying to, if you're trying to find that forever person, like, yeah, go out there and explore, but give yourself the opportunity to open yourself up to those other people too, that you're meeting. Right. Um, I just think like, if you're aware of what you're looking for, that's great. But also as somebody who's trying to date this person, that's, that's the anxious part about it. See, as a, as a, <laughs> as a serial monogamist, like I, like the, the multiple dater, I guess it's, it's everyone's yeah. style. You're absolutely right. It's okay mm-hmm. for them if that works for them, but do you feel, should that be disclosed upfront if they are? Absolutely. And I think that that's one thing that I always tell my clients too, is the first question is, what are you looking for? Are you looking to get, get out there and explore? Are you looking to have somebody that you can hook up with? Um, are you looking for somebody just to go on, on, 
you know, casual dinner dates with, like, what are you looking for? And if somebody is dating multiple people, think about why you're dating multiple people. What's the void that you're trying to, um, fill by dating multiple people at once. And yeah, I think that if, if things are getting serious with somebody, then, or all four of the people, then you need to definitely disclose that. You don't need to talk about who they are, or what you're doing with them per se, but you should definitely say, you know, I, I am, this is the stage of life I'm, I'm at. This is the stage of dating I'm at. This is what I'm looking for. And just, I think the more cognizant somebody is of what they're doing, the better it is for everybody. And then it gives the op- other person the opportunity as well to either be like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, I want to keep seeing you. You're really interesting to me. Or they can back off and be like, you know what? This is not for me. Best of luck in the future. Wow, man. The yeah. level of self-confidence that one needs to be okay with that is wild to me. I never recall... and you. You end up finding out that the person has is is oh, yeah. other people. You know, it, it's it's happened to all of us. But for um, sure, I, I I can't say, Krista, I've ever come across someone who admitted upfront that you know what I I mean I'm out there. You know, you do you, girl. I'm doing me. I never had anybody upfront admit it, and it would have I feel saved me so much pain and like I swear it would have have helped me along so much and I wouldn't have been offended especially because I feel like it would have honored my time it would have respected you know the fact that they were big enough to be upfront and honest oh absolutely and I think like again if you had known about it you could have made that choice up yourself you could have kind of given some more authority in your own life than like okay is this person worth my time um does this person I don't like to, to channel Maria Kondo or whatever her name is. Does this person spark joy in my life? Um, or is this something that I can do away with, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I would have uh, saved so much time, but you know, (laughs) let bygones be bygones. We all would have, right? If people were just open and honest, but unfortunately they're not always, but so going back to or dating people who are dating multiple people, I always just assume that they are until you um, have that conversation with them. Ah, yes, that is good. Self-preservation, my dear. And the other thing is you're not setting yourself up to fail. You know, you're managing expectations. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, but mentally, that's that's a huge thing. Like, it is such a mind game when you... And it can eat you alive. Like, let alone the whole dating game. Like, the mind games, too, that people play are ridiculous. So just go in there, assume that everybody's dating everybody else, and then... You know, you can. I think you can naturally tell the way that your your relationship's going if that's a conversation that you should have or not. Look, totally yeah. a biased opinion, but man, it's hard for introverts to date. I just feel for introverts so badly. I am one. I mean, extroverts have that magneticism. You know, not saying introverts don't, but extroverts can speak for a long time, get energized <laughs> by talking. But I feel for introverts. I know. See, and I think I'm a more of a, I'm a kind of an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. I'm somebody who is really introverted. So dating was hard for me when I first started as well. Um, but in terms of like the games, I don't even know. I think 
introverts play their own game, if that makes sense. Um, because when you're dating, you have to be really cognizant of communication, um, you know, making connections when you're not physically with that person. And that's hard for a lot of introverts. Well, that's hard for a lot of extroverts too, truthfully, because they're so busy that <laughs> you forget, to, you know, uh, they forget to text back or whatever. But yeah, even introverts too, though, you have to you, you do have to make an effort no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. So oh, I know. No, totally. Absolutely. I'm not, I do not want to, guys, <laughs> do not want to single out extroverts, introverts. I just know for introverts oh. in general, it's hard. I hear you. No, I'm the same way too, right? And it's exhausting for an introvert to be outgoing all the time. So dating can be exhausting. Yeah. I hear that. You're, you're right. You're right. It's not an easy situation, no matter what your personality mm-hmm. characteristics are. It doesn't, it, it, you're absolutely right. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of mind games, what makes it or breaks it personally for you on a date? Let's say. Oh goodness. Um, rude behavior. Like, you know, going back to the whole dating etiquette thing, like if somebody is just blatantly rude, I'm done like rude to people around me, rude to me. Um, we need, we need anecdotal evidence, Krista. (sighs) Okay. I had, so I'm not a big person. I'm pretty fit, but I had somebody tell me on a first date that, or criticize me on my first, on a first date saying, you know, I'm really happy you're not uh, skinny. Oh goodness. Why do certain individuals key in on talking about weight? Why is this still a thing? especially on a date. Come on. I'm pretty fit, I think. And yeah, so there's that. That was on a first date. Um, I've had people just comment on physical, my physical appearance. And, and that's something that, you know, when you're getting to know somebody, yes, obviously everybody judges physical appearance, but there's more than that, right? Um, oh, I'm just like trying to think of all the other ones. I had somebody argue with me once on a first day about why I didn't own my own paddleboard and then speak to, start speaking in French when I, they, I learned that they're from Montreal and just like, there's just little things that I'm like, who are you trying to impress? Like, I'm just me. And wow. also arguing is like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to gain from arguing with me right now about whether or not I'm I wanted to buy a paddleboard. Like it's so ridiculous. <laughs> the I think okay. I I used to fall on those argumenters a lot, or the argumentative <laughs> types. I think mm-hmm. I think they kind of get off on it. I think they're actually like, oh yeah. Ah, let's, let's get this confrontation going. It gets me. It gets me my blood pumping or whatever. Like ew. Like can we just have a nice? Can we just sit down and, and have a drink? <laughs> like I think a lot of people um like they mistake discussion for arguments or if that makes sense or they come off across as argumentative when really they're just meaning maybe meaning just have to um they're just trying to have a conversation with you or like you know start a debate um but again this is where the dating coaching comes in (laughs) so goodness the combative type always a winning one and that works for some people it must work for some people right but yeah, I guess anybody looking for like a type A hyper controlling type, I don't know. <laughs> That's, you know, to each their own. But man, the combative type was never my cup of tea. No, I don't really know who who that is, um, you know, whose cup of tea that is. And I think if you if you are somebody who is highly combative or highly argumentative, think about why. Like what demons are you fighting inside that you have to come across like that, right? Oh, yeah then one could probably conclude that finding a mate requires a lot more introspection than we all think. But I digress. So 
to end this on a very happy and positive note um, because there is a lot to look forward to. I know there we is. are living a very odd time, but so what are you, Krista, most excited for? So much. I think that one thing that we have to kind of remember in this unprecedented time is that life still does go on. Um, and we have to kind of adapt to, I hate this other word, new normal, but that's exactly what it is, right? So I'm excited to see where, you know, dating takes us going forward, how dating is going to continue to evolve now that things are being shut down again. Um, the creativity that I've seen come out of, um, you know, dates that I've been on um, in general is amazing. And I just think that we have so much more to look forward to than, than we ever realized that we had before. Wow. The yeah. kind of untapped potential of, of people's creativity come, Absolutely. comes through eh, in these times. Not only from like in an entrepreneur way, like as a business owner as well, but you know, somebody who's dating, um, somebody who helps people date, like the creativity of the dates that I've seen, um, that I've been on is kind of fun and you don't, it's better than the, the regular dinner drink date. So what's, yeah. what's, what's a creative, what's been creative that you've witnessed lately? Well, one of my, one of my favorite dates was going and meeting somebody for a paddleboard, um, session on, on one of the rivers here and just like being outside doing something active together. I always like, I always say to my clients, you like pick in something that you guys can do together on a first date. Cause you find out so much about them as opposed to just sitting across and somebody having a, you know, having a, a drink or an app, um, together. Um, so doing an activity, like going hiking, going mini putting, that was something I did going to the driving range, like just doing an event together. Um, yeah, you get to learn so much more about your potential person than if you were just going to go and have a drink with them. Oh, for sure. You're actually bonding more because you're, you're active. You're doing an activity. Yeah. I had somebody who wanted to go and fly a kite on a first date and that was kind of fun too. Like something you kind of seem the more, um, I don't want to say childish side, but yeah, you, you do kind of see a more fun side of people come out because you have to be creative. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, yes. The lost art of playfulness. Playfulness. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have to be able to connect on, on so many different levels. And the one good thing about the, the virus, too, is I noticed people not wanting to waste other people's time. So, mm. yeah, hopefully that continues wow. going forward. <laughs> Absolutely. Because time, as we are all seeing, is a precious, precious commodity. It, you especially do. Especially yeah. right now. I mean, all we have is time right now. But at the same time life is continuing so Krista this was so much fun I think there's a lot of untapped things that we haven't even touched upon so I'd love no, to have you, you back <laughs> but thank you on behalf of single people everywhere it's what you're doing is immeasurable you have to do this right now I think people want to connect and what you're doing is really well, important thank you so, thank thank you so much you. for having me I appreciate it and yeah it's great what you're doing as well so a special thank you again to my friend Krista for sharing her journey and why it is that she loves love so much. Krista, I get you. And on behalf of single people everywhere, thank you. So make sure to check her out on her Instagram. It's where to kiss. That's where underscore two underscore kiss with one S. I hope you all found that as insightful as I did. Thank you, of course, again for tuning in. I appreciate my listeners so much. I know. Times are really difficult right now, but you are more resilient than you think. 
So reminding you to stay safe, stay strong, and go conquer. Bye.